Welcome back. Today we have a beautiful Roman over here. Is it Charlie or Charles? Uh, Charles. Charles. Yeah. That's a name you do not hear on a normal occurrence. A lot of people hear Charles and they think of an old man. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I try to live up to that wisdom. <laughs> Bro, since I met you, I would have never guessed you as a Charles. That's just, it's, it's just one of those names where it comes with an old man status, like you said. It's like... I think my landlord, when I was on active duty, he, he was a Charles. And he was like 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking about a few things and more, more or less. Uh, this man has some wisdom on relativity. This should be a fun talk. I'm, I'm very interested in the way he described it. It was beyond my knowledge and beyond my comprehension. So hopefully he'll dull it down for us. So... When it comes to relativity, in my perspective, um, you know, it really dawned on me around the last AT that we were at. We were out this, you know, middle of the woods, no internet service, you know, sleeping in very poor conditions to what we're used to. Um, and I, I got to thinking, um, and it's just, it came to me. You know, the theory of relativity is basically placing one thought versus another so what we have as speed per se is from one object based off another object of how quickly it is moving past another object right and there is based off of our speed now we have our speed versus the sun and how fast our earth moves around it and that is our time but everything is relative off of one object so if we were to move that object to, let's say, a different star or a different planet, the time changes, the speed changes. Now we can apply this into our life and do many different ways. Um, now, a lot of times we hear it could always be worse. You know, that just seems like a reoccurring thing, especially through what times we're living through is that it could always be worse. Now, what that is, is somebody stating that relatively your life could be worse, um, which I find in myself demoralizing and desensitizing. For that being stated, if you were taking somebody that lives a certain type of way and throwing them into poor conditions, they're feeling despair you know they're just feeling mm -hmm. worse than they usually would now for you to come up to them and say hey it could always be worse who's to say that's not their worst who's exactly. to say that your worst is not their worst because you know i believe i i, I think i I'm, I'm picking up what you're saying because i also believe that everyone's issues and their cases are way different to anyone else you know like my worst could be your best your best could be my worst. You know, like I, I know tons of kids these days that can't comprehend what my grandparents went through. I know that I can't comprehend what my parents went through. And I know my children can't comprehend what we've gone through. You know, like I, I do also believe there's a generational change there. And also who am I to say as a parent, right? If my child comes to me and says, this is the worst day ever. And for me to say, oh, don't worry. It's not that bad. It could be worse. You know, because not only are you opening the threshold for them to say, holy crap, this could get worse. 
like they're they're now opening that mindset of that's kind of a daunting thought. Like, why do I want to grow old in a in a situation that could be worse than this? Because at that instant, that's their worst. Now that you were, you know, thinking consciously about a different outside perspective of, you know, what you normally would have been sitting with, it could be worse. You see that relatively that person is looking down. So instead of trying to change their perspective by looking further down on what their life could be, I feel like we should reach out and try to lift them up. Yes, the situation sucks, but this is how you can make it better. Okay, so yeah, we we adapt that as NCOs. The whole, if you have a problem, tell me the solution. You know, don't come to me with a problem without a solution type of situation. I believe that's what you're trying to get across is instead of telling them it could be worse, say, well, now that you're here, let's try to get you from this point. Let's try to move you from this point. Let's try to make it better so you don't think it's your worst. Yes, the situation sucks, but look at the positives. You have all those open times. You can open your own business. You can start going out and investing. You can start uh, having more times away that you wouldn't have with your family and your children. You know, uh, you have more time for hobbies. You have more time to expand your thought and consciousness. You can be putting them into a different perspective of relativity. Case and be where they are to where they can be. And that's where relativity comes in, like relative to time, relative to speed. You have a rocket ship. That's you. We know the fuel it takes you to get to the moon. So we take in that that concept. And that's what you're saying is apply it to a person where you know what it takes for them. That's where they're at. And you want to get them to a better place. And that's what you apply. Right. Is that, is that a, like a, in a nutshell? And I, I feel like I would agree. Um, that being stated as a friend and a family member and someone near and dear to me, um, the only time that we fail our friends and our families is when we stop trying to improve them. 100%. I believe that giving up is our worst flaw as a human. The humanity. only time you fail is when you give up. Yep. I, I can. So ludicrous has a actual really good quote and he uses it in one of his songs and it's uh, I don't fear death or dying. I only fear never trying. And that's a, that I, I kind of, I kind of live by it because you know, my, my son, he, uh, he doesn't, he didn't know how to ride a bike. The, uh, my, well, my wife's son, but my son, uh, he didn't know how to ride a bike because of whatever happened where his parents just didn't have the time or whatever. He came into my life and I, I thought that was it. no, you know, like I'm, I'm going to teach this beautiful kid how to ride a bike. Within days, he was riding a bike. Days. It only took my time. It took, it took literally a few minutes of my time to give him the push down the hill so he could ah! but get his balance and start riding a bike, you know. And same with rollerblades. Didn't know how to ride rollerblades. I put on rollerblades, got him on rollerblades. Now she's rollerblading better than my 12-year-old daughter. You know, it's just. And he did that on his own. He did that on his own, you know, and I just gave him the push. I gave him the time he needed, and he carried it that far. And if I would have gave up in that situation, right, if I would have just saw the frustration, that because, you know, kids get frustrated when they can't do something. And if you don't give them that push when they are frustrated, they're not going to progress. If I would have gave up in that moment. Get them over their hump. You know, like, they would have, it would have been an issue right there. And granted, 
in instilling your, your moralities and your ideals into your children is great. Um, but on a whole perspective as friends, family, everybody you find near and dear to a whole of your soul, um, it would be more beneficial to instill in them drive because that's what I, I was having a, a, a great talk with my friend, John, you know, um, and it is instilling into them the drive, the hunger, the passion to do it. And if that means getting him over that hump, that, that afraidness, that, that fear, um, then so be it. But you're, you're looking to spark the flame that is inside you and to light the flame into them. And in your story with your son, you got him over his fear and he got that drive and he was able to push himself to be better. Um, and I think that's where we, as men and as, you know, fathers um, fail. Uh, we, we look at a, a situation, we try to fix it. You know, okay, so my son's bike is broken. Let me fix it for him. Instead of instilling the drive into him on, hey, something is broken in mine. Let me go out and fix it. Yeah, or here's the tools. Let me walk you through it. You know, that's that concept of uh, I can give you a fish and you can eat for a day i can teach you how to fish and you can eat for a lifetime you know that's that's definitely a really important piece there and i, I would say that i completely agree that um today's generation is a little bit lazier than we would like to admit and it boils down to how easy can we make it on both ourselves and on our on our kids and i don't think that is the right answer i i do believe that you need to instill using your mind you know making them proactive making them think a little problem solving you know like you, your chain just broke, right? That chain needs to go around the spool and the tire. How are we going to fix this? You know, just throwing that at them, knowing that they maybe maybe they won't answer it the right way, but it'll start getting them to get in the thoughts of, well, we need to put the chain together, and it needs to be around those two pieces. All right, so do we need a new chain, or do you think you can fix that? I think we need a new chain, you know, or something along those lines, and that could be implemented on any situation. And it's the passion. It's, it's the drive to succeed. It's instilling into them that, hey, I know it's I know it's rough, but I have the hunger. I I have the fight in me to become something great, you know. And that's that goes back, you know. A lot of people in this day of convenience, and you you order food, it shows up to your doorstep. You know, you click one thing, and it's right there for you. A drone brings it to your door. Exactly, and you know we are, have been accustomed to, you know convenience and to not have to work and getting instant gratification. We're not used to what our predecessors have done, which has gone through months to years of hardship to finally get what they deserve. You know, we're looking at instant gratification. Um, but that just goes off to planting your seeds. You know, you know, you can't grow a forest overnight and not. you, definitely can't only have one select group of people. Mm -hmm. you, you have, have to, to be diverse. You have to expand your consciousness. You have to. But on that note, though, on that note, you know the generation we live in. We have a whole bunch of new introverts because, you know, think about it like in this sense, right? Is back in the day, there was no t telecommunications. You know, you had to walk to your neighbor's house. You had to go down the block to hang out with your friends. You had to go journey further to talk to people, right? It was more of an effort. Now, we have things that don't even talk to you dropping 
it off in front of our doors. We have, we can literally do everything without coming into contact with anybody. I'm not saying that most of us want to, but it's it's definitely altering that situation where we are separating ourselves from others. Like we might have our own group. Like for instance, I'm a big D and D fan. Of course, I'm always going to have a D and D group. You know. And those people are always going to come to my house. However, that being said, what's to say that I have nobody other than that group? You know, is that healthy? Definitely not. Yep. And and we live in the day and age now where that's okay. You know, even one thing that's been through all the decades is that schools, they all have their cliques. They all have their own groups. And it's been that way since the dawn of time. And it's been in that school environment. And I think now it's stretching out further. I, I feel – and now the day and age that we live in with all the technology we have, the the comprehension of how easy things can be without human communications to one another, that we've kind of we're kind of leaning towards the more introvert of things and society alone. Now, technology and advancement in the technology, I do not deem as bad and or evil. Definitely not. It is just the way you use it, mm-hmm. and which is why I emphasize the the importance of having to instill the next generation and the ones around you with the drive because everyone that I grew up with and have been around has all fallen prey to, you know, getting down at points, you know, and giving up and being part of the the big system to where they just get swept under and they lose their drive. And you have a lot of people working dead end jobs, not enjoying their lives, on autopilot mode. Well, okay. On that note, though, not everyone is forwarded the opportunity to meet the right person or to be given the right information. You know, as of 12 years of my life, I didn't know how to publish a book when I've been trying since I was 12. And it only took one person telling me how to do it and the drive to give me the information to do it. It took one person, right? Now, that's that's a small frame, you know, like, but yeah. there are people out there that want a job that they would love to do, and they just, they try and try, and they're not getting to any point of avenue that gets them to that point, right, where they want to be. But who's to know that it only takes one person to be able to tell them, oh, I know this person at this job that you have. I can, you know, tell them about you. I can give you that chance. Not everyone is granted that chance, sadly. So how would you implement, like, changing that environment? That being stated, it is on us who have the expanded consciousness. Who so have, we just need to be nicer people. <laughs> who have the drive, honestly, as humanity we should, because we are hateful in nature. But that's that's derailing from the segue. Um, oh, we can dive in that. <laughs> so it is on us to try to reach other people, as in you know, speaking online and or reaching in our everyday lives, but. The hardest thing to do is to be the trendsetter, to be the person to swim upstream instead of going downstream. It is always the first person to do something that is going to get the most heat for it. Nine times out of ten. But if that first person does not do it, then it will never happen. And that's a funny thing. I can't remember who. It was a It was a big, uh, big-time name. I can't remember. But um, he said something to the effect of, if that person goes and does one thing, that 10 people are watching him do. If he fails, 10 people are going to laugh at him. If he succeeds, 10 people, 10 people are going to follow him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why does it take success for someone to listen 
listen to a person who's willing to show drive and willing to show change. Because who's to say you, you know, that one person failed that one time, but I believe it was Thomas Edison. And I'm quoting this from a movie. So forgive me if it's really not real. But Thomas Edison said something to the effect of um, when I was trying to find the light bulb, it, I failed. I found out 500 ways of how not to make one when I only needed to find one way to make it work. It was a lot more than that. And it was, it, it was something like that. It was like, it yeah. was a national treasure. It was something like that. But you know, the concept there, a lot of people were quit before he, and then we would have been without light. Um, so he instilled our long lasting lights. That being stated, if he wouldn't have done that, we would have been changing light bulbs like every 10 minutes. Right. And he didn't, he didn't give up, you know, to, Thousands of people told him he was an idiot. Thousands of people said that whatever he's doing is not going to work. He could have listened to all those people. But the moment he made the light bulb work, all of a sudden he's an idol. Everybody's saying, oh my gosh, he knew what he was talking about. Because people don't see the the drive in, in, in total. So that being stated, don't be afraid to look foolish. Don't be afraid of what other people think about you. Because we live in a society. We're hyper-emotional. Insert Joker quote. We live in a society <laughs> uh, where you are judged based off your success. Mm-hmm. How you are loved up as a as a as a man or a woman is based off how successful you are, how successful you are to cook, how successful you are to please, how successful you are with materialistic ideals. Um, that being stated. We are judged by our successes, not through our struggles and not through what we have overcome, unless it is great in a sense. If it is not idealized and is not beneficial, because that's what we all are trying to get to is something beneficial towards ourselves. So that's why we are drawn to success, because we want to be successful ourselves. And actually, you, you made a valid point there. Like, we don't ever pay attention to the struggles. We always see the, the success, right? Um, Elon Musk said that during the time that he was in college, he was fixing computers uh, as a side hobby. And he made enough money doing that that he paid his own uh, college funds and everything. He paid it off himself for doing that, right? And someone asked him, now that he's, you know, successful, they asked him, well, aren't you tired all the time? He's like, I haven't stopped being tired. You know, like there's, there's so much that's been happening in my life. I haven't stopped for a moment for myself yet. I'm not there yet. You know, and that concept of like, we don't see what he's going through. We don't see how many hours he's actually awake versus sleeping. We don't see how much time he's dedicated to SpaceX, his, all his other businesses and everything. We just see his name, his stocks, his equipment, his, you know, Tesla name everywhere. We see that. But never once, I, I, I can say personally, never once I think about the struggles he has to go through because, I mean, the amount of people he has to talk to, the amount of connections he has to make, the amount of money he has to spread. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if somebody demonizes him. Oh, definitely not. He lives for that shit. He doesn't he lives care for, if for judgment. You know, it's that drive instilled in himself that he knows what he is doing is right. He is, he is his own rock, and he is pushing himself to achieve what he wants to achieve. Um, and people who agree fall behind him. Um, and it, and it's that successful person that we drive together to because we want to be successful ourselves. Um, 
within the last 13 years, I have been in and out of ruts on my own personal self. And I haven't been aware and cognitively aware of majority of my flaws till this past year. And it is because I put myself in my own perspective out of what I'm used to. You know, it, it became becoming a father to throw me into, oh, man, this isn't just for me anymore. You know, well, and not I, only that, I believe that you were in the heat of the moment. Just the two years I've known you, you've been going through a lot for your age. And I believe that in the moments, you're not fixated on how to get out of the situation. You're fixated on how to survive the situation. And through my deployments and through my time of growing up, I, I feel like that's that's a focus there. Like, you're not... Right in the moment, you're not like, how do I get out of this situation? And how do I stop myself from keep getting into the situation? It's more like, holy crap, I, I can't pay my bill next month. How do I make it to survive where I can eat food? You know, what bill do I have to sacrifice in order to make rent? What do I have to do to survive just one more month? You know, we're not thinking, shoot, what do I need to do to be out of this in a year? What do I need to do to ensure that I don't have to go starving again? I believe that, like, when you when you're in the, the the precipice of your worst outcome, right? Whatever it may be, we're not fixated on necessarily how to get out and stay out. We're fixated on how to survive and get to the next day. And I, I believe that that's that's not any one person's fault. I just think that's a natural response, a, a defense mechanism, almost. Especially when you you watched your parents do it, or well, yes, your neighbors go through it. And, you know, in the world full of survivors, that's all we know how to do. Um, it, it's taken, you know, this miraculous, you know, stability in my life right now to once again change her heart. perspective. She's changed you around, boy, let me tell you. <laughs> and me as well as her, you know, uh, she's she's been amazing to me. So if, you know, Madison, if you've ever listened to this, I'm, I'm severely grateful for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, for real though, he's grateful for you. Trust me, I've seen the change in him. Yeah. Um, man, I lost my thought. Overwhelmed with my with my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's good though. That's healthy. You like I, I mean, let's 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 just focus on this, right? So, you had someone that was, and I hope I'm not going to hurt your feelings, but at the lowest, right? You were when I met you, you were at the lowest. You know, you were trying to find every vice and. Now, I believe in many ways you're at the highest point of your life. You know, you have very good, solid direction. You're about to be a father. You're proud of it. And in this day and age, there's a lot of, well, we're actually leaning towards the positive side now, but there, there was a dark time where a lot of fathers didn't want to be in their kids' lives. It's coming around now more so than ever that they're making a big impression. And you, you were dedicated. You knew what you wanted. You wanted this kid, and you wanted this kid with her, and you wanted to make things happen. And and I can't say that the Army always had the right answer for you, but you always found the right answer. Mm. Whether it was that for yourself or for your family, you, you found what you needed to do. And I can honestly say I'm in the same boat. Like, without my wife, Jessica, like, I would, <laughs> I don't, I would have no direction. I would, I would be very uh, chaotic in many ways. And, and I can say that as a man growing up, I always saw my, my mom work. And my dad was always home and then he was gone and then my mom would always be working. And I always saw that that was the lifestyle. But then I kind of got to a point in my life where I realized that I didn't want to be anything like that. And then I, I kind of found my way that 
I believe that every person has their own personality of if they're codependent or if they're independent. And I think, you know, most of us find ourselves in the middle. Most of us find ourselves with where they have a partner that pushes them. You know, they don't, you can be with anybody in this world, like with enough talk, with enough confidence, with enough, you know, background, with enough, whatever you can be with almost anybody you want, but you want to always try to find someone that pushes you to your goals and pushes you to be better and vice versa. You know, because if you're always pulling the work, then you're going to be, you're always going to be tired. You're always going to say that, you know, I always do this. Where are you? You know, whereas if you can find an equal share where they give some, you give some, I believe that it's not 50, 50. I believe it's a hundred, hundred. If both of you give a hundred percent, you're going to have a very strong relationship. I can say that me and me and Jess are still learning our ways with each other. But I mean, like we've, we've come to a part where she motivates me. She pushes me for this book. She pushes me to do this podcast. She pushes me on all my beliefs. Like if I were to open up, and tell someone that I'm pagan. Holy crap, the world is ending. I believe in this crazy religion that, you know, is really hard to understand. I went to my wife with that. And she was like, cool, teach me what that is. You know, like, tell me a little bit more. Like, give me an understanding why this is what you're feeling. She comes to me with questions that even I don't know how to answer. And I'm like, well, let's look into it together. You know, I found someone where I feel that got me out of the darkness because she saw it and knew that she needed to give me that drive and vice versa. She knew I would be able to give her her drive, you know, cause like she's lazy. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to, she's going to be listening to this. She doesn't want to, <laughs> Oh boy. she doesn't want to admit it most times, <laughs> but like I give her that drive that you were speaking of earlier in this talk. And I, because I give her that drive, she's way less lazy. She has a good understanding. Like I gave her the nutritional help like that she needs. She doesn't like to listen to either. But like eventually she comes around and we it's like yin and yang. I, I always preach it to her is that we literally fit like peas and carrots. You got to have a good balance and in mind, soul and heart. Um, a lot of people are having imbalances is which is causing their disruptancy in their lives, be it in their imbalance in their relationship, their imbalance with their work life, their imbalance with their dreams and hobbies or even to the simplest of their imbalance of their heart, soul, and mind. Um, you have people that are hypersensitive, which it's, you know, their heart over their mind. People are, who are too uh, sociopathic, which is too much of the mind over the heart. And then you have people that, you know, are stagnant because they have no soul. They have no drive. Um, and getting... Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it that far of having no soul. That's a, that's a bit of a stretch, but in the sense, I, I think you're coming off of the, the drive being like the motivation, the will, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I also found out the problem with the, the world today is we're taught to be overly tolerant. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we tolerate everything without hesitation. And if we don't like it, we need to turn a blind eye to it. Um, but there are. How do I say this? But where are the backbones for your morals and your beliefs? Sure, everyone can believe that is right and wrong, but shouldn't infringe on your right. Don't let someone else's voice scream over your actions. Now, whoa, hold on. Let's replay that last <laughs> sentence. Say say that one more time. I, like, say that again. That was a nice sentence. All right. Don't let someone else's voice scream over your actions. Um. If you believe in it and fight the hardest, which I believe is America, 
then there is nothing to be afraid of. You know, we we as a population have been too afraid of the consequences, too afraid of being negatively looked on, been too afraid, you know, and it, and it comes to that fear that's driving, you know, us as a mass. And we shouldn't be so afraid if the outcome isn't that terrifying. You know, you need to look at it logically, you know, think of, it before you feel it you know now i now don't get me wrong feelings are you know amazing and great it's what needed. are needed it's what gives us our superpowers honestly mm-hmm. you know you, you feel rage you're able to bend steel you know you feel sympathy and empathy you're able to connect somebody to their soul you know you're able to you know gain perspective without even that many much details um but at the same time, don't take away from yourself because of someone else. Each day, try to be a better person. Try to be a better you. Try to make this world what you believe it should be. And don't be afraid to do so. Oh, yeah. I just got motivating as, as shit real quick. That, that was... That was a turn of events I wasn't expecting, and honestly, that was good. That was healthy. I felt that one. I felt that one. But uh, on that note. Do you think we live in a day and age, a time of existence where emotions are too abundant? So... Sorry, some just cowboy beep bop in the background. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, hold on now. So, whatever happens, happens. And I used to live by that motto: "Whatever happens, happens." So, when Did emotions you just plan that right there, yeah, <laughs> still a little bit. Anyways, <laughs> um, so we are in a more aware generation of emotions. Um, that being stated, we are trying to normalize it. You know, a lot of mental illnesses are now being branded as other things besides mental illnesses or being glorified for it. Um, And that's, that's the main issue when it boils down to when it becomes overly emotional as a hypersensitive person myself, which I have been diagnosed with um, and I'm aware of. So, so now being, so being hypersensitive, what what does that entail? That basically stated that, I was numb for most of my life, be it in a Adderall comatose or uh, being suppressed inside of myself because of trauma. And I have not felt emotions for so long that when I came out of it, it was too much. It was way too much feelings at once. So anything that you would have felt emotionally, I would have felt like 10 times as strong. Okay. I get it because I, I would. I mean, I had ADHD my whole life, and and like I get sensory can be overloading at times. I don't know if you meant the actual like uh, hearing too much, seeing too much, and feeling too much, or if you meant like your brain, your brain is trying to process uh, one thing over the others, or something like that. I, I would say uh, hypersensitivity when I hear it for me. I'm kind of ignorant in that understanding, but like it's a, 
to me, just hearing it out loud would, would be the concept of like, you, you can, you're taking in everything at once and you don't have time to process any one thing. Right. That's that. And that's where I would say like, isn't that ADD and ADHD in a sense, or is it something else? So best way I can describe it is I feel like I've lived multiple lives already. Mm. Um, I, as in myself, process what I go through on a day-to-day basis as best as I can. Um, I feel love to a deep extent and I feel pain to a deep extent. And it's gotten to a point that if somebody was to express how they felt to me, I would know exactly how they felt. You know, in my mind, I would live through what they lived through and I would know exactly how they felt. Um, And actually I can uh, connect with that. I'm very empathetic in that sense. Like I've felt things that my wife is feeling when she's pregnant and stuff like that. I I feel when she comes to come across a certain way, I feel her pains. I feel her struggle. I'm, I'm with that in most cases with people and, I feel that's actually a good thing to have in this world. Like, I, I don't feel that having that kind of emotional tie to this world is a bad thing. Uh, what, I, what I was trying to, like, lean on for emotion-wise is, like, how today we have parents that when the kid falls down and scratches his his knee, they're saying it's okay for him to cry it out, right? And, and okay, in, in a sense, yes. But let's take that opportunity to get him – get him or her to stand up and cry as they're walking it off. You know, like let's add that overcoming the situation and the emotions, you know, because like, it's always one or the other. It's always, Hey, stop crying, quit being a baby, stand up and walk it off. Or it's all right, let's just let them cry it out. You know? And I don't feel like that, you know, honestly. So you're trying to find a middle ground between being an asshole and being too coddling. Yes. So, that being stated, you should try to instill into another person on how to process through it. You know, how to filter what is happening and break it down to its simplest components and how to work with it. You know, how do I make this emotion that I'm feeling work for me? What is the best outcome that I can make this? You know, and you can't stop your emotions. They're going to be there. You can't repress your memories. They're still going to be there. One way or another, you're going to face it one day if you want to grow and if you want to repair. That being stated, if we equip our children and our friends and our families and the whole stabile um, with the ability to process the emotions that are feeling, then you'd be giving them a better chance at life, a better chance at greater solutions you want to be giving them a, a world full of quitters and yep. you'd still be protecting their drive. You'd be protecting them as, as best as you can by instilling into them on how to problem solve through their emotions. So do you believe in participation points? <laughs> oh, yes and no. Okay. So yes, I believe in participation. I believe that you should be recognized if you participate in something. Now, should it be awarded? No. So let's say you participated in World War II. <laughs> you know, okay, you participated in it. 
happening. Now, but you were the sniper that killed fucking 16,000 people and got the award for it? Right. No. You know, you know, everybody's emotions should be validated, should be, you know, shown as it is important. But at the same time, you cannot put them that every little thing that they go through, that every little thing has to have everyone's attention. Right. So on the partition participation points, right? We have sports now that in most grades all the way up to, I believe, end of middle school or maybe, no, I would say actually the beginning of middle school. That's when they just wing off of it and start actually doing uh, point base where, you know, there's winners and losers. But up to that point, okay, so those ages, I would say from 4 to 10-ish, they are being instilled that, you know, both sides of the winning groups are winners, okay? Now, that being said, we come from ancestral where we used to come from caves and we used to cross country on feet and kill animals size of cars, right? We used to do that. To now, we have athletes that are coming up of age that don't have drive, don't have ambition, and don't have the the um, demand for like the physical activity, right? Um, I'm fighting the physical activity with my son right now, uh, my actual son, Leon. He uh, he doesn't like activity, but I'm trying to give him the habit of wanting to have activity in his life, right? Now, the thought that I'm going through as a parent is if my kids are growing up saying that they're winners all the time, even when they're losing, right? For one, why are they going to take the practice serious? That's denial. Okay. Two, if they mess up and they lose the game but they're still winning, why are they going to care about the sport? Where is the drive going to be at? And then finally, the third one is as – a once athletic trainer and and some common knowledge there uh what athlete is going to how do i say this actually um so like sport psychological attributes carry over and translate to your well-being right so if you take one good leader and you put him on a sports team that has all bad players eventually that guy is going to get everyone else good Okay, that translates over. You know, if if he can instill those qualities to all those players outside of sports, they're now achieving greatness. You know, they're now achieving goals. You take that equation away for 10 years, you take that away, and they're being raised and they're growing these habits of not needing to give that drive, not needing to give that motivation to want to win. And they're going to, I feel, they're going to go off of the concept that they're just there. And because they're there, they got the participation award. And I, I feel like that's where I'm conflicted. If we actually do live in a day and age where emotions are, are winning over the concept of, I mean, academics, personality, gender basis, you know, whatever you want to say, like, I, I feel there needs to be emotions. Right. And, so this goes into a greater problem that we were having. So to put it in perspective, we have too far of a separation 
between people. Honestly, we are overpopulated and we are falling into our own social gatherings and cliques, like you stated before. Now, that being stated, because of that, we are becoming intolerant and not tolerant enough at the same time. That being stated, you should be able to fight for your values and not be afraid of the outcomes of what you believe is right. That's correct. But at the same time you cannot let a, a small party dictate what the entire generation is going to be raised up into now we're talking about you know the new school lunches that michelle obama's put into place you know we're talking about the the coddling we're talking about the petition participation awards we are talking about you know the brain function of these children because you look at what arnold schwarzenegger and his uh wife's divorce you know his son is living a very nice happy life because he has two by the way the one that he has custody of um is very physically fit and is very mentally strong while <laughs> The one that his wife has custody of is morbidly obese. Really? Yes. Oh wow. Okay, and that's just that's a small that's a small you know control study, but Arnold Schwarzenegger came over here with nothing, an nothing. immigrant. He had that drive, and he instilled it, and he instilled it into his son. So it starts with the trendsetters. It starts mm -hmm. with you and me. It starts with whoever wants to go upstream. And it is on us with the next generation to be able to make these warriors and scholars because that's where we're having these difficulty is, is we're taking our scholars and our warriors away. And it was quoted back in like 359 BC. I, I will pull up the, the name of the great famous person who quoted it, but he says, the moment you take your warriors and your scholars away from each other, it's the minute you have downfall in society. So it has to be a equal balance of brain versus body because your body produces the chemicals for your brain and your brain has the intellect to drive your body. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but on that note though, I will say that that's where I believe we should have a, di a diverse group or hang because like, you know, let's, let's just use for an example, you're traversing through some rough terrain, right? And you have a group of boy scouts where all these different kids come from different areas of, um, that state. Okay. So one is the natural athlete who plays sports. The other one is the nerd that stays book smart. The other one is the street smarts that, you know, is commonly just well-rounded. And the other one is just the nobody that just hangs out. Okay. You have these four people having that diversity. They could almost overcome any situation they come across. But what happens? What happens when you shove all four of them and, a, a truck and leave them there in the middle of the, the fucking desert for a year. What happens? They start wearing off on each other. Oh, yeah. They start sharing their qualities. They start teaching. So now, now you have a nerd who knows how to lift weights and get fit. So he still has that intellect and he's getting his body built. But now you have that bodybuilder that now has his bachelor's, you know? Mm -hmm. And you also have the, the kid that came off of the streets who has now gained the wisdom. Has his own house, has a family, has his from, paid off car. From the businessman. Mm -hmm. And the businessman now has the 
the ideal and the perspective of where the boy came off of the streets and he shared his, you know, perspective of the world and he opened, you know, the businessman's mind. And and I feel that we've have we have come a long way because you know, generationally speaking, my dad's time, uh, I think, is the seventies, sixties, eighties. I'm not sure with the generations of the time, but um, no, that would be. Oh, I can't math. Anyway, <laughs> back in the day, where if you were a nerd, you were picked on. If you weren't a jock, you weren't popular. You know, like I do feel honestly that we've have stretched quite a bit and have gone away from that because I do believe that like just from the military experience, if you get four of those people together, completely from across the world, different backgrounds, different ideologies, and you put them together in one room, they will solve a problem and they will give each other, you know, the, their tools, you know, they'll each share their, their ideas and their tools to be able to get the job done. However, you go back in time and that jock isn't going to hang out with that guy. You know, like the, even in the military, you know, the, the cooks hung out with cooks, medics hung out with medics. I mean, still, I mean, I guess it's kind of that way still with the whole MOS and everything. But I mean, like just on this deployment alone, I've, I've come encounter with so many different people that I don't even think I would have came across on active duty. Like I'm just, and, and, and honestly, I mean, now we're like way far off from the spectrum of what we just were talking about. But like we live in a day and age where I feel that, yes, we're super emotional, but I believe also at the same time, the other side of that, we're super open. Mm-hmm. I, I believe we're getting to a point where I could walk up to you and talk to you about, you know, whatever to try to click with you. And not necessarily you'll listen to everything I'm saying, but you'll give me a chance to listen, you know. I feel we are more leaning towards that side, but I mean, I, I guess you could still say we have a lot of hate in this world and a lot of. Well, it's just screaming over each other, basically. At yeah, this you point. know, it's just headbutting. And you know, there's a bunch of Karens. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot of the people that have control over the communications where we don't have freedom of speech anymore and and it's it's a it's a feared subject to talk about because you're afraid that you're gonna get silenced you're gonna get put on a list and you know you know bad consequences are gonna come to you in your career but why should being truthful and honest feel like it's illegal because we've been we've been uh herded that way we have people who spoke out about their political beliefs and have been fired from their jobs because a corporation doesn't believe in it while you know somebody who speaks radically about what they believe in about throwing kids into fucking wood chippers you know because they believe in the opposite party and they still have their job Mm -hmm. you have people you know in power of in the subject, the military, to where you cannot speak about your political beliefs or else you have officers or people of higher ranking coming into your messages and trying to hem you up about it. I mean, shoot, I can't tell you how many times on active duty that um, certain leaders, certain high powers would hear something that they didn't like and they would take you off the side and totally tell you to shush it. Now, of course, you know, sometimes they had the – the background of like hey you're bringing the moral down on the soldiers you're doing this you're doing that right but it could be as easy as just calling someone out you know like hey uh 
yeah, we're doing PT every morning, but so-and-so isn't doing PT. You know, why aren't they doing it? It must be their rank. And the next thing you know, you know, you're being shushed, and that's a big no-no. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I think in any situation, a lot of people are afraid to speak up about anything because if you have too much emotion, you're a baby and you're not making sense. If you have too little emotion, you're a robot and you have no heart, and we can't find a middle because we're either hyper or – were in insensitive or intolerant, you know. So to put it in like the lamest perspectives. So I'm gonna hit, you know, the segue before before we change the subject. It comes down to basically when it comes to, you know, learning from different diversity groups, building blocks. So the building blocks in us are not instilled in us. In Japan, the children are not tested and not graded until they hit middle school. They are worked on character oh, really? development. Hmm. Character development. Yeah, but aren't they going to school for like 12 hours a day or more? No. So what they are doing is that they are completely self-governing. So they have their own council. The, student, the students run the entire school. They are their own janitors. They're their own... Uh, the staff they're their own uh you know committees and festivals the teachers are just strictly there to teach to share their knowledge that's really impressive and also that's an eye-opener why they're mainly very successful when they get out of but you know schooling. that they instilled into themselves the building blocks you know, working on them as human beings and their cognitive functions before diving into specific abilities. Yeah, you know, American schools ain't on that level. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, when I was out of high school, I didn't even know how to do my own taxes. The American education was number one until we implemented a nationwide curriculum. Um, so to segue back to what we were talking about before. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, we were talking about before. Uh, Lost your train of thought there, did you? I did. I did. I went into too specific. We were talking uh, about being hyper emotional and tolerant. And... Oh, yes. So, if you're too emotional, everybody calls you a little bitch. You know? Yep. You know, this, this kid over-exaggerates on everything because he is feeling something on such a deep and profound level, and he's trying to express to you, but you are too calloused to be able to be empathetic and feel him on his emotional level. Or you have the soldier who is too calloused and doesn't feel and pushes through the suck and fucks himself in the long run because now he is broken and is up shit's creek and the military is the military and they you know right just on that level i feel that is actually the biggest flaw that we share in the military and that's uh i've been on seven tours i've been shot at this is not a deployment this is nothing you don't know what pain is like i've walked 10 miles in my bare feet over rocks and thunder and blah 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 rain this and storm that and you know instead of saying Oh wow! I'm sorry you're feeling this way. How can I help you? You know what? What numbers do you need? You know for me to get you to the right area. We tell you how shitty you are because you're feeling that way and how it just can't be that bad. It can get worse. Well, you have billionaires on fucking Wall Street who, you know, lost a billion dollars. 
They lost a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Okay, just in a round round perspective. They lost a billion dollars. If I had a dream about losing that much money, I would wake up in a heart attack. Okay, they lost a billion dollars. But they still have, what, like $150,000 in their savings account. And they still have a couple properties. But they still get up and kill themselves. Probably way more than that. Then they kill themselves because they lost that much. You know, and it is in perspective. You know. I mean, yeah, that kid, uh, this was a Robin Hood situation. There was a kid that woke up. He was a college student that woke up and saw that Robin Hood, the app, the stock app, said that he lost $750,000 in stocks. So he killed himself. The family suing Robin Hood for letting that person have that much financial control in his life. And, and I think the perspective he had was, holy crap, how am I going to get out of this immediately? I mean, granted, you know, not the right answer, but at the same time, like he – Supposedly lost everything. Oh, and by the way, the app was just like malfunctioning and it was the wrong person. Like he didn't even lose that money. Wow. Yeah. That was a shit kicker right there. But they're under a lot of fire and I feel like they're gonna get away with it a while long as a lot of people are gonna get away with a lot of shit that you know is blatantly right in front of your eyes. Oh yeah. Because we've been silenced. Every day. We've yeah. been silenced for too long. And we have become accustomed with being silenced. I, I feel like the the majority of the world does go a little quiet, but I mean now we're getting into such a generation where we believe that speaking our mind should be all the time, and we don't have any sense of well maybe I feel like like this right in a relationship okay are you really gonna open your mind open your your mouth and say everything that's wrong with your significant other? Or are you going to try to, like, be nice and kind of, like, choose your battles? Like, are you going to choose when the right time is to bring up a certain thing? Or are you just going to let them all have it at that one spot? Now, that's the wrong answer as well, um, in my own personal perspective. So, the way you shouldn't silence yourself in your own emotions versus somebody else's. Granted, you should have that courtesy and that empathy to be able to dictate that this situation does not call for me to be overbearing onto this person's mental and their emotions. Right. But at the same time, you need to express what you are feeling or else you're going to feel insignificant about your own feelings. Right. Yeah. You should definitely speak up 100%. Um, you know, my whole life, I, I mean, just my personality alone, I'm one that speaks up, you know, it gets me in trouble. My mouth is definitely my biggest flaw, but I still believe you should have the right knowing of when to speak up and the proper way of speaking out. You know, you just, you should, I don't believe that everyone should just open their mouth and say whatever they feel without thinking about what they're about to say. Cause words are powerful and let's pretend for a second that the person we're talking to can't handle just a little bit of criticism, right? Cause you know, you walk up to the average citizen, you don't know what their background is. You know? They had a stressful life, you know, you could say one wrong morning. sentence to them and that they, was it. You know, they woke up this morning, took everything that they had to, you know, not end their life. And, right. So instead of saying it in a well-mannered way that also makes you look a little bit better and a little wiser, you're going to get more attention that way anyway when you talk. If you talk in a respectful manner, but you still speak up, right? That's I feel a lot of political leaders are, in a sense, that kind of personality where, yes, they're going to say what they need to say, but also they're going to say it, in a sense, politically correct. You know, well, for most cases, you know. Trump, Not however. Now, <laughs> and even nowadays with fucking um, our, our current president, 
you know, there's been multiple videos of our current president, you know, making an ass of himself on, on. Yeah. You know, and I feel that's his age and that stress level. And I feel like we don't understand what he's going through at the same time as anyone else. I'm saying mm -hmm. all political things aside, right? This is just, this is just comparison from one human being to another. And I feel that in that position, he has to, they have to hold their composure at all times, right? They have to be that image while in front of a camera, yes. in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to a person that I saw beat up some books because he couldn't handle the situation he was in, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, people are people. We are mm -hmm. humans. And to expect someone who is constantly getting ears and constantly getting mouths and constantly getting ridiculed mails, emails, calls, constantly getting everything at one time every day when he wakes up, his age, his his environment. His, I mean, granted, and then you can get into the politics of well, then he shouldn't have ran if he's not prepared. You know all that, but that's besides the point. Like focusing on just that. There's gonna be videos of them being humans. The money alone, okay. I the system's flawed. All right. Oh, 100. If you have enough money, you can you can do things that don't make sense. Oh yeah, and you know you can sit in a chair for your entire life and not do anything. The Congress can tell you you're not going to build a wall, and you can use your own money and build that wall. Yeah, and then you can be opposed to a wall, and then build a fucking wall around your fucking house. You know, um, you can. <laughs> the city will tell you you can't have a 22 foot pole in the state of whatever and you can build a mound under that pole mm -hmm. to raise it so you can still get that 22 feet like you know there's there's enough money you can make anything happen so the reason we're upset that the government is corrupt and flawed is because we don't know how to corrupt and flawed ourselves we don't know how to work around taxes like the billionaires do and so we get this shit into the stick with taxes you know we're all upset about what other people have because they know how to how to fuck the system. Mm -hmm. So that being stated, if you look at the numbers going on with what is going on today in this age, we have almost doubled our debt in the past year. We have lost so many jobs, and I don't want to quote specific because we're, we're we're losing jobs because of COVID, no matter what. Yeah. Um. And you know. When it comes to this day and age, you just need to go and make yourself present. You need to put yourself in, into how to make yourself a better person and then push yourself out as a leader in your community. You know, nobody else is going to do it unless you do it. Period. That's, yeah, 100%. Like if, uh, if we're in a day and age where we're getting silence for every truth that we try to get across – Ultimately, if we don't start speaking up more and more, it's going to be to a point where nothing that we say is going to matter. Everybody has their own agenda mm -hmm. and everybody has their own drive. You know, um, I don't really know how much time we have left. We have about 30 seconds. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Definitely. Um, Very insightful. Really, uh, really good outcome. Yeah. Really enjoyed this one. This one was a really, really good, clear and, and, and fun, fun little segue. This is nice. Anyways, uh, this has been uh, Charles, and uh, welcome to Random Pad, where we always like to talk.